0: talking about prayer. We're talking about prayer and uh, I just love the fact that right now the room is surrounded, surrounding us by prayers because last week we had that opportunity and so many of you, hundreds of you, wrote prayers on these sidewalls and the back wall up in the the balcony and uh, it's not too late to do that as well. If you came and you didn't have an opportunity last weekend to do that, it's there. So before you leave this morning, make sure and put your prayer out there. Just a prayer where you're asking God for something. You're asking Him for something big. You're believing that God can do it. Maybe it's even something you've given up on, and uh, that your faith is reignited this morning. And you wanna you wanna pray and put that out there. Just there's pens all around the room that you can write your prayer down because God cares. About the prayers of his people, the big things, the small things, because he's loving and he's perfect and he's our heavenly father. Matter of fact, as we're talking about prayer, I want to invite you to a couple opportunities next Sunday morning from 8 to 8 30 in the morning, uh, especially relevant here since you're here at the nine, is before the service, we'll have an opportunity to just come in here and pray over some of these things around the wall here. So you're invited to that. And then April 7th, April 7th, if you have uh, something to write that down with, write it down, mark it down. We're going to have an all-church time where we come together from 7 to 8 at night. It's a Sunday night uh, here on April 7th to pray, and uh, to pray over some of the big things going on in our world, pray over some of the things going on in our community, but you are invited to be a part of that because something powerful happens when God's people gather to pray, so that's going to be April 7th. Well, today I want to talk, uh, continue to talk about prayer. And I want to talk about something that is really important. I mean, it might be at the very core of prayer. And yet it's something that is a privilege that, that exists, but we, we have to walk towards it. It's an opportunity that's there, but it won't demand itself. And during our waiting on God and during kind of the big things we're asking God to do, it's something that's there and it's called intimacy with God. Intimacy, a relationship with God himself that he's inviting you and me into that can grow deeper and deeper as we walk with him through our life. Something that is more than just casting a huge prayer out there. And oftentimes, isn't that how our prayer life goes? I mean, we, we pray when we feel the greatest need. And that might be weeks or months or even years that go by. And when something huge hits our life, then we throw a prayer out there and we say, God, if you just do this one thing, you'll never hear from me again. As if God really likes that idea. Oh, okay. Well, let me do this and then you get you out of my hair. No. God invites you into relationship. He wants us to have this ongoing daily relationship with him by which we're actually getting to know him better and better and better. And yet it can feel awkward at first or prayer in general, especially if you talk about extended prayer beyond just those big prayer needs that we go and we ask him for and then we we feel like, okay, I'm good, I'm done. And yet, when God's saying, no, I want you to spend time with me, it's the time part that gets awkward, right? Like, well, what do you do for like a half an hour? What do you do for three hours, you know? That just seems a little awkward. Have you ever been invited into a life group or invited into um, maybe rooted? You heard about it. It's this... 10 week long discipleship journey and you heard about it and you you were a little skeptical about it and you felt like, man, I'm busy. I don't want to just jump through hoops. And I hear about that at this church. and, And then you go and you participate in it. And then after a couple weeks, maybe it's even by the end of it, after 10 weeks, you've actually made relationship with other people where you actually know people, their heart, their story, and you begin to appreciate them in a way you never would have before. They would have just been a face before. And I mean, that's kind of like prayer that God's inviting us into a relationship that from the outside, it looks kind of awkward. Like, what would I do when I get there? Will I like it? All of the same questions. And yet when we're there and we, we find our, when we show up and we experience God, the relationship gets built and we begin to appreciate it in ways that we never would have before. See, prayer is so much more than just asking God to move in our lives. It's not a transaction. It's a relationship. Matter of fact, relationship is at the very core of what prayer is all about. Prayer is relationship. And a growing relationship with anyone includes not just talking, but listening, right? Like, have you ever been around a person that all they do is talk? Talk, 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 talk. I mean, it can get exhausting. Now, thankfully, God doesn't get exhausted with you. I might, but God doesn't. And, and there's something about relationship. If we want it to grow deeper, then there's an exchange that's happening, where we're talking and we're listening. We're asking questions and we're pouring our heart out, but we're also receiving the heart of the other person. We're learning, we're growing. And that's the cool part of prayer. And it's a part that is available to all of us, but it takes something that is probably the most valuable thing you have time. Prayer is about relationship. It's not about transaction. It's not just about asking God to do things for us and then being discouraged if he doesn't do it in the way we want, in the time frame we wanted. you ever feel like you're the glue that's holding everything together in your world? Like you're the person everyone relies on, and if you forget something, everything will fall apart. Well, I want to introduce you to somebody in the scripture by the name of Martha who understands exactly how you may feel. In the Gospel of Luke, if you have a Bible, you can open it there, Luke chapter 10. Great story. Jesus and his entourage, his disciples who are following him, go through Bethany. And whenever they would go through Bethany, this town, they would meet with a family there, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus two sisters and a brother, and the scripture tells us that Jesus loved each one of those people in the family individually. He loved them, and so he would go and hang out with them, and so they show up, Jesus and his disciples, in Luke 10, verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, talking about Jesus and his disciples, they entered a village, which is Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now, that's an important thing. Remember that. Welcomed him. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, keep in mind that that part of a good host or hostess is when a stranger would come to your door or a guest would come to your door. You welcome them in. You have certain things for them. You do certain things for them to make them comfortable, to help them feel uh, that uh, they're honored by being in your home. And that's exactly what Martha is doing. Matter of fact, what she's doing is the right thing to do. What she's doing is important. And let's be honest, when we read that story, it's easy to look at it really quickly and go, mary is sitting at his feet and doing the right thing martha's running around frantic and she's stressed out and she's doing the wrong thing and that's actually not really the case in this particular story martha is doing the very thing that needed to be done martha is working hard she's trying to make her guests feel welcomed and she's serving mary on the other hand appears as though she's kind of a slacker because she's sitting at Jesus' feet, not immediately helping with all of the duties and the chores in the kitchen. And I'm sure that Martha was thinking, I'm going to sit down too, but I've got to get this other stuff done first so that I can then sit and do what you're doing now and relax. Like, let me get the work done, and then we'll both sit down. But the Bible tells us something interesting that Martha was distracted with much serving. It wasn't the serving itself. It wasn't that she was rolling out the red carpet to help him feel welcomed. There was something going on in her serving that Jesus kind of points out, the scripture points out here, that she was distracted. That sounds like me. That sounds like our culture. Distracted from the work, the duties, jamming together commitments and appointments with no white space, leading, delegating, managing, serving, trying to make sure all of the needs are met in my family. Can you relate to that? I can relate to Martha. Working, going to school, caring for kids, we get busy. And in our busyness, we can get distracted. And then here's the rest of the, so- the story. She went up to him, Martha, went up to Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care? Let's just stop there for a moment. Do you not care? Isn't that how we feel oftentimes when our expectations are missed? When we are serving our brains out and we feel like we're the one doing all the work and it's very easy to feel like God doesn't care or people don't care, And then we begin to compare as well. And that's what she does. My sister has left me to serve alone. Tell her to help me. We begin to blame shift on other people that they're not doing their part. We want to control the situation. But the Lord answered her. And he answers her in a very compassionate voice, in a tender voice. He says, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus was not putting down her desire to work or be responsible or to be an amazing hostess who was welcoming them into her home. Martha was distracted, and she missed missed discerning a moment, an important moment, that Jesus was calling her to be a disciple too, to sit at his feet, to learn from him, to experience the rest that comes from him. It was just a a misplaced priority more than anything else that Martha wanted to do the work first and then rest. And that, I, I mean, that makes sense to me. I don't know about you, but that makes sense. That's what I teach my kids. Don't just sit on the couch, right? Do the work first, then you can rest. You've earned the right to rest. And Jesus is flipping that around. And he's saying, no, you you learn of me first. You rest at my feet first. You, You spend time with me and then do the stuff. You see, you can only give out of what you yourself have. I don't know about you, but I have incredibly limited supplies of love. I personally have incredibly limited amounts of patience. I am incredibly limited in my kindness. I'm limited. I'm not enough without God giving me something beyond what I own, what I have. Serving and leading can easily become something we end up resenting, something we end up comparing, something we end up feeling that God doesn't care, others don't care. And he's inviting us to sit at his feet and to learn. That's what God knows. And so he says, develop this rhythm, the habit of being with me before you try to work for me. Can you maybe even write that down in your phone or something? God calls you to first be with him before you work for him. And we get it reversed. We think that it's work first, then if I have time, I'll rest And God is saying, I want you to develop a rhythm where you come to me, you rest, you receive from me, you listen, and then you go out and you do. And that's something that he invites us into every single day. The greatest priority in life, Jesus said, the one thing that Mary chose is the best thing. The one thing will never be taken from her. To prioritize this rhythm of spending time with God, listening to Him, learning from Him, conversing and growing the relationship. Psalm 46:10 says, "Be still and know that I am God." In other words, that means that you take your stress, your yoke, of striving and self-production of your own game plan, and you lay it at the feet of Jesus, and then you chill and you pray. You make room in your heart for God to do a miracle, to work in you, and then to work through you as well. Jesus invites you and me into this moment-by-moment relationship, and he is speaking. Are you listening? He's speaking, and he wants you to know his voice. Jesus said it this way. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I can only know his voice and learn his voice as I spend time with him. You see, that goes so much further than just a transaction. So much further than just asking for something. It means that I've got to develop and cultivate this moment-by-moment relationship. Something he's calling us to that goes far beyond a servant-master relationship. Turn again with, with me to John's Gospel, chapter 15. Jesus teaches it. A different way. He's giving an analogy in an agrarian society, and he's, he's using uh, this analogy of a grapevine. And he's saying, abide in me. In other words, he's saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me, stay connected to me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We were kind of singing about that a little earlier. That apart from God, my efforts don't amount to anything eternal. My efforts, they, they may produce results in the moment of productivity or efficiency but maybe profitability, but they won't feed my soul. And I won't be able to affect people or affect circumstance, affect things that really matter. I fall short without God's constant working in me and through me. Author Tim Keller said it this way. He says, prayer is both conversational and encounter with God. We must know the awe of praising his glory, the intimacy of finding his grace, and the struggle of asking his help, all of which can lead us to know the spiritual reality of his presence. Prayer, he says, is both conversational and encounter with God. Conversational, there's both asking and listening. There's encounter, there's experience that happens as we spend time with God. We uh, have given these cards out, these what we call prayer Bible journal cards. This one's on this particular series. We put a new one out each series. And uh, there's Monday through Friday readings and uh, a time for you to, to kind of take the message and dive deeper into it. And, and use, uh, maybe use it as a bookmark in your Bible. And these are designed not to check boxes, but they're designed to help, help us as a church family to just form the rhythm and the habit of spending daily time with God. Daily time, whether it's five minutes or whether it's, you know, a whole hour that we're just spending time with Him, we're reading, we're learning, we're growing. Building that relationship. Now, let me be honest. I often resist extended prayer time. I resist... You know, I I like reading the Bible. I've kind of grown to really enjoy that. Read the Bible on a regular uh, pattern. Check the box. Say a prayer. Move on with my day. But the times that I choose to extend that time, even out just by 15 or 20 minutes, to pray, to listen, to ask God to speak to me, it's in those times that God... Breaks through in a whole nother way, shows me things, gives me wisdom I would not have had, speaks to my heart, and he reminds me that I need him more than just reading the Bible quickly and praying quickly and moving on with my day. Maybe you can relate to that. That we're all in this kind of battle for our time. And I just want to warn you as you spend time with God, it gets addicting that what happens is that the more that I do it, the more that I want to do it. The more that I do it, the more he reveals himself to me, and the more that I realize that I ought to be doing this. Jesus said this in his his parable in John 15. He says in verse 15, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in the Father, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. That's prayer. That's what we want, isn't it? We want to be able to pray and see God work and see God answer the things that we're praying about. And he says, if you abide in me, if you hang out with me and stay connected to me and you spend some time with me and you learn from me and you ask questions and you listen and you, and, and you ask for things. God says, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do those things. And I say, well, why? What's the magic behind that? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what it is, is that when you hang out with someone and you get to know their heart, you begin to become more like them. And you begin to pray according. To the will of God. You'll never move into the deeper friendship with God until you first just learn to be His son or daughter. Those of you who are parents raising kids, you know, when you're raising them and they're little, you can't really be their friend yet. But your goal in life, isn't it, is like, I want to just be your friend one day. I don't want to be your boss. I don't want to be your parent, you know, just a parent telling you what to do. I'll always be your father. I'll always be your mother. But one day I hope that we get to be friends and go on vacation together. And you pay some of it. (laughs) You'll never learn to be the friend of God until you first rest in being his son or daughter. Just being his son or daughter and learning that he's God and you're not. And learning just to obey him. And learning to honor him. And then it's through that relationship where we enter in as a son or a daughter and we just know that we're loved with unconditional love that then we can move into this thing that he calls us to called friendship. Because prayer is not just about talking and asking. It's about listening. That's what friendship is. God wants you to know his heart. God wants you. You, to share some of the concerns that he has as he looks at your life, your family, our world. And that when we pray and as we pray, we begin to pray more and more and more along the lines of the heart of God and the will of God. And then we see God working and moving and doing miracles. God offers that to you and me this morning to be his friend to offer friendship to you, to offer friendship to me. He doesn't want to just be master. He wants you to know him. And so let's spend a moment before we leave this morning. We, I, I'm, I'm ending a little early so that you don't feel like you got a bolt. Just rest for a moment. Let's just rest for a moment and let's listen to God in these moments. Would you close your eyes and just bow your head and Try and block out every distraction around you, would you? Let me just read that passage again from the Amplified Bible in Luke 10. Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. What did you hear in that for you? Give yourself permission in these next few moments just to quiet your heart, to listen. Just take a breath, hit the pause button. Let Jesus defend you from the demands of family and work. As we choose in this moment right now, just to sit at his feet and to listen. be confident and rest in the decision of making him the most important thing. Jesus wants to say things. He wants us to listen. Let's listen. Jesus, I choose you. I choose to be with you this moment right now to hear you speak. So forgive me for the times that I act as though I don't need you. That I have everything under control. That I am sufficient for every task. Forgive me for trusting in myself instead of trusting in you. you, God, for calling me to rest, to listen, and in these moments, I surrender my worries to you, the things that I'm anxious about, and the things that are distracting me, pulling me away from you, help me to hear your voice. Consider your hands. With your hands, you work, you type, write, you hammer nails, or use technology. You serve God with these hands. But in this moment, would you consciously just stop working? Open your hands as you open your heart and just receive from. Place ourselves, God, in that place of dependency, of openness, of listening. you're in this place of just putting life on pause and listening. Is there anything you want to confess to Him? Any actions or attitudes that have not been pleasing to God? Confess them right now, knowing God loves you and forgives you. As you give those things to Him, He wants to cleanse you, and wash you, and embrace you.